It's time for the Faith Connection Show with your host, Dr. David Miller, equipping people to connect with their purpose. In the next half hour, you will be inspired with words of encouragement and you'll be motivated by experts in the respective field who have been where you're trying to go on the Faith Connection Show. But first, here's an inspirational word. This is Buana Miller Cannon with your word of the day. Have you ever asked why me? Why not you? What better witness to God's amazing grace than yourself? We've all experienced the pitfalls of life and have asked God why. Why do I have to bear this trial? It's actually simple. God tests our faith through trials and tribulations. What you're going through right now is a faith endurance test. Instead of asking God why you, ask yourself how strong your faith is. It's actually through these struggles that God strengthens our faith. He shows us how powerful and amazing he truly is. God's intention in all of this is to use your struggles as proof of his power and grace and his mercy. He wants your testimony to be evidence that he is still on the throne and his grace is more than sufficient. He reminds us that everything is working for our good. So now when you go through your trials and tests, just remember it's working for your good because God is intentional. It's working for me. It's working. 
Thank you for listening to the Faith Connection Show. And here's Dr. Miller with his special guest. We're here today to continue the conversation that we had on last week on the show. And we talked last week about intervention with youth in the community. And this week on the show, we have a great guest, a guest that we hope is going to shed some great enlightenment on this. We have Reggie Singleton with us today, who is the founder of and director of the Mayo's Place in Mecklenburg County and has done a phenomenal job. We want to talk to Reggie about some of the great things they're doing in the community and how they're being able to corral the talents of all of the youth that they take into their program. So, Reg, it's great to have you on the show today. Thank you, Dr. Greetings to you. Well, greetings to you. Last week, we talked about some of these areas of uh, interest and uh, certainly talked to some pastors last week on the show and uh, talked to Calvin Brock, who came in and interjected some things concerning youth and the program they have, which is uh, a boxing program that gets kids off of the street. You know, one of the statistics that I wanted to mention is that in 2015, I think, there were 12 million single parents and more than 80% of those were single mothers who were head of household. And when you look at the fact that about 70% of African-American children were born into uh, single parent families. And when you look at how uh, this trend is running, tell me, I know you probably are familiar with these statistics, but tell me a little bit about what it is that you think that creates this great disparity with so many single parent households. Yes, sir. Dr. King reminded us that some of the most devastating effects of the enslavement of our people was the destruction of the family in the village. And so at the Mills Place, we try to provide some prescriptive measures, interventive measures, preventive measures to build up not only the young man, but also to strengthen the family, the community, and those other socializing institutions that always played a role in the development of our young people. For instance, the church, the family, the school, and the community or the village. And so we try to draw on some of those time-honored efforts to socialize our young children and to give them a, an idea of who they are, knowledge of self, in addition to providing mentors and role models for them because while we know mentoring was never intended to replace effective parenting, it can supplement and provide the filling of the gap and provide direction and, and purpose for our, a lot of our young people. And so what we're seeing then is the effects of young people who are unsocial. Now, you mentioned church. Church has always been the greatest social gathering place in the African-American community. The civil rights movement was born out of the church, and the African-American church has made a tremendous impact in our society when it comes to changing this society for the better for all people. And you mentioned Dr. Martin Luther King, who was a very much a part of that. I guess my question is, is, do you think the church has lost its focus when it comes to becoming that catalyst in the community? Do you think the church has sort of lost its focus when it comes to that? I think more and more churches are becoming more corporate, and we mm -hmm. see the mega churches, and they're just not in tune with the realities of what's going on in our community. And unfortunately, many pastors believe that if they take care of their flock, if they take care of their sheep, then everything's going to be all right. But we know that those young people go back out into uh, a world where there are other significant influences now, their peers and 
and the social influences. And so I think churches need to be greater in tune in terms of the realities, uh, addressing the generational poverty, addressing the socialization that all children need, rather there is a father in the home or not. Now, the kids that you primarily work with are 12 to 18. What made you choose that age group? One of the reasons is because that is a period or a right of passage period where the young people are about to enter young adulthood. They're about to enter adolescence and puberty. And it's a crucial time. I, I think probably the most significant time might be what we do for a child before the age of three. Perhaps even when the children are born in the hospital, I think it's important that we greet that child and we greet that mother you know, at that time. But 12 or so is a period where it's rooted in our cultural African history where many of the uh, young men would be taken into uh, manhood training, rites of passage. They would be uh, pulled away from the woman and from the community for a period of time where the men in the village would inculcate and still and teach the values that's necessary for that village or that community to sustain. Now, you made a good point there. I think that it's important for men to impart in young men. And I think if we want to develop strong young men into uh, strong adult men, we have to sort of impart some real wisdom into those kids from an early age and certainly that comes better I would say it comes better from a man because mostly women are nurturing and somewhere down the road you got to have that disciplinary piece that helps these kids stay on track let me ask you you know 98 percent of the kids in your program are african-american tell us a little bit about the program itself well, uh, it's a program that we uh, focus on three major goals, three major areas, uh, pillows. Now, would you, I, I mean to cut you off, but would you embellish on that the word that you just mentioned, pillows? I think it was Pil Pillows is areas of focus. These are things that we stand on. This is our foundation okay. and, and our fundamental purpose. So those three major areas that we focus on is on mentorship or manhood training. And the second is agriculture and then social justice and service. We took on the mantle of doing agriculture in 2009. And one of the reasons is to address the chronic disease, the diet-related diseases that we disproportionately suffer from. But we also wanted to, to have boys put their hands in the dirt again. You know, mm -hmm. we, We've been told that you know this liberal education is going to solve our problems and we don't need to be in the hands-on business right. or, or trades or anything like that. But I also wanted to solve a problem that exists in our community, the chronic disease, but also I see agriculture as a means to address employability issues. There are jobs because we eat and food needs to be obviously uh, produced and processed and distributed and recycle and those are jobs that many of these young people who aren't interested in college or are not adept to the um, to this IT world now agriculture is a great place for where they can make a living live an honorable dignified life and take care of their family tell us a little bit about the gardening program that you developed and how that program has helped these kids find new direction of course we grow more than plants we grow boys into men and you should see the light come on in their faces when something that they planted into the ground comes to fruition. 
mm-hmm. and we use seeds as well as transplants because for those who need quick results, quick turnaround, we got to give them some plants, you know. So, <laughs> but the seeds generally take a little longer, and we use a lot of scriptures also. We, mm-hmm. you know, the mustard seeds, the uh, Jesus's parables about the fig tree, and we use a lot of parables to teach as we work side by side with them. So we've been growing and producing since 2009, and we share a lot of our yield with the community, particularly the seniors along the Betis Ford Road where they say this uh, food desert exists. We had a, a humongous blessing of the harvest this past week, and we had a generational a pouring out of you know people attending. We had the seniors, the young people, and everybody, and we have these huge collard green sale and sweet potato pie sale and these young boys know how to grow food but they can also tell you about the water cycle they can tell you about the micro and macro nutrients and fertilizer they can tell you about how much they expect to yield from a certain um, so cubic so, space so what you're saying is that you're teaching these kids science through gardening huh Yes, sir. Okay, now, do you have classroom time for these kids? Yes, sir. On Wednesdays, we have our manhood training, and these are our, this is when we draw on those time-honored teachings and trainings. Uh, we teach, on the first Wednesday, we teach the African, African-American black experience. The second Wednesday is career exploration. Third Wednesday is group discussion. The fourth is parent and family night. you got to include the family to bring the parents along. You know, because they'll reinforce a lot of what these young people learn once they leave the program. We're going to take a quick break here. We'll be right back. Greetings in the name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. This is Yolanda Holmes, also known as Dr. Yo. Come join us Saturday, November 9th for Hour of Power at Carowinds in the Palladium. Parents and church leaders, bring your youth ages 12 and up for an hour, 9 a.m. to 10 a.m. to celebrate God. The purpose of this God-ordained event is to encourage, empower, enlighten, educate, and equip youth. The first 150 youth will receive a Bible and a book bag with school supplies and additional gifts and prizes for attendees including adults hosted by fly tie and musical entertainment provided by dj crazy t for 30 dollars only the price includes parking admission entrance to hour of power and all day fun at the park to purchase carowinds tickets online go to carowinds.com forward slash save enter park for the username and password praise carowinds season ticket holders enter for free for more info direct message dr yo on instagram at hour of power youth or visit eventbrite hour of power hop for additional details the world premiere of the brand new single i can love you through anything by musician singer songwriter and producer ken hardio i can love you Featuring Charlotte, North Carolina's very own musician, singer, songwriter, music educator, and producer, Quentin Bethay. This song has a message of hope and healing for people of all ages across the globe. Get your copy now. Available on iTunes, Spotify, Amazon Music, and Google Play. Praise listeners, this is Brian Moore, one of your hosts of the Be More Faithful radio show. And I'm Sarah Moore. Please come join us every Sunday on Praise 100.9 at 10 p.m. The Be More Faithful radio show is a half hour of inspiration, information, and entertainment. The Be More Faithful radio show is brought to you by our company, Be More Faithful Marketing. If you want to know more about Be More Faithful Marketing, go to www.bmfradioshow.com. The Be More Faithful 
Grateful Radio Show's content covers a topic of discussion, the song of inspiration, a sermonette, and our artist showcase, which you can listen to on a podcast on our website on bmfradioshow.com. Praise listeners, put us on your schedule and join us every Sunday night at 10 p.m. for the Be More Faithful Radio Show. And also, if you're interested in the services of Be More Faithful Marketing, give us a call at 704-497-4678 or email us at info at bmfradioshow.com. Thank you for listening to the Faith Connection Show. And here's Dr. Miller with his special guest. Now, when you having these programs, have you noticed a great difference in the academic growth of these kids? Because one of the statistics for at-risk kids, and some of these kids are at-risk that you service, is that they generally fail at school because they have a lack of interest in conventional learning. Have you found that the way that you teach these kids in your program, that your kids primarily are starting to excel academically? Yes, sir. Uh, Not only in academics, but less truancy. There's greater conversations and involvement with their parents. Now, I was impressed with the idea that uh, last year you sponsored a trip. We went to Ghana in 2010. We -hmm. went back to Ghana in 2018. And just this past summer here, 2019, we, we took our group to Cuba. Oh, great. What is the purpose of these trips? Is it just a culture adventure that they're going on? or What, what is the real? Yes, um, sir. Yes, sir. Uh, learning more about their culture and the black experience abroad. But also, this is to broaden their experiences because many of these young people, you know, they may think all that there is to offer in life might be on Beatty's Ford Road or within 485 or in Charlotte. And when you expose a kid, particularly those who don't get the opportunities to go to um, on these people-to-people trips that uh, uh, many people take as a birthright. I mean, they go on family vacations and they travel internationally, but for a lot of our young boys to be able to get those opportunities, it is a godsend because it gets them to start thinking a little bit more globally. Now, you know, I probably should have asked you this before, but what is your background? Because it seems like that you have a real grasp of what you are trying to do and what you want to do with these kids and where you want to take them to. And I must commend you for that because I think that if we had the problem off early enough, uh, we can pretty well handle it and solve the problem in latter years. So tell me a little bit about your background. Yes, sir. I'm a native of the Sea Islands of Charleston, South Carolina. Graduated from the University of South Carolina in public health. Grew up in a single-parent home, loving home. But I saw many mentors and hardworking family members. Been fortunate to be married to my wife, Gwen, for 29 years. I have three wonderful children. And I work in public health full-time, and I'm the founder and executive director for The Mail's Place full-time. Okay. So you got two full-time jobs. Two full-time jobs. Yeah, and both (laughs) of them are great occupations because we need more people like you. I wanted to ask you one last question here before we wrap up. That question is, if you had to start The Mail's Place today, what would you do different? I would want to start with, as opposed from a deficit... I would want to start with assets. I would want to acquire land. Mm -hmm. I would like to have an endowment and take the agricultural program to scale. I would want to have a facility where I could really have a lot of these young men around the clock, 24 hours a day, out in the wilderness somewhere where there is significant property, where we can grow our own food. I can control and manage what their diet, what they see on TV, and, and have a better opportunity to develop 
Okay. Yeah, you know, and the reason I ask that question is because a lot of times hindsight is always twenty twenty. And with a program like this, I'm sure you've learned a lot yes, over the years as the program has developed, and certainly you have become much, much more familiar with human behavior when it comes to kids. Kids transition so fast when you're dealing with kids that are 12 years old and up. And by the time they reach 18, they think they know everything, but they just hadn't figured out how much of it they really don't know. And so that's the reason I asked you that question. But, you know, that's great because I think to know that you believe that these kids could have more time in the program like a 24-hour-a-day almost where they live on the campus and they involve themselves in development and growth, that you could change a lot of their lives. Last question, and we're going to close this thing up. It's been great having you on the show. And um, the last thing I wanted to ask you, what involvement would you say to our listeners today that you would love to have from the community and from our faith-based community that would help you to help these kids? What kind of involvement do you need? Well, certainly direct involvement. We have our weekly manhood training to be able to have church people of faith to help with the unchurched. And many of these young people are unchurched. Okay. I've always believed as a Christian, you know, that the greatest charity should go where the greatest needs are. All right. And so our people are suffering. And, Mm -hmm. you know, as we look down the, look over the hills here, I don't see anyone coming to save us. And elected officials can't do it. This is going to have to be something that our people, our place of worship are going to have to get together and say, we're going to put monies and resources behind our young people. And so uh, the website, let me just get for more information, is www.themailsplace.org. www.themailsplace.org. Phone number 704-713-3824. All right, you heard it from Reggie Singleton, who is the founder and director of The Mail's Place in Charlotte, North Carolina. And Reggie, it was great having you on the show, and we'd love to have you back again and maybe on a panel situation the next time. It's an honor, Doctor. All Thank right. you. God bless you. Yes, sir. <laughs> Woo. Come on, let's keep it going. Neglect this child, nor will ignore tears in your eyes. But don't understand why Why we must pray And then believe Things that we pray for Will soon be received The prayers of the righteous Of the
For listening to the Faith Connection Show with your host, Dr. David Miller, equipping people to connect with their purpose. Here's an inspirational word from Dr. David Miller. It's been said that the hardest thing in the world is to forgive someone that has trespassed against you. I'm not so sure that's the hardest thing in the world to do. I know the scripture says, Judge not, and you will not be judged. Condemn not, and you will not be condemned. Forgive and you will be forgiven. That's Luke 6, 37. But you know, forgiving, the toughest thing in the world about forgiving is forgiving oneself. You know, a lot of us can't move on because we just can't forgive ourselves. Forgiving yourself means to release the need to replay a negative situation over and over again in your mind. If it's been done, it's been done. Don't become a hostage to your past by always reviewing and reliving your mistakes. Don't remind yourself of what you should have, could have, or would have been. Release it and let it go. Move on, because that's how to attack the future with your success by simply releasing the past. The success of the future is yours, but you gotta release the past. Thank you for listening to the Faith Connection Show with Dr. David Miller, making a connection for you and equipping people to connect with their purpose. Don't forget to log on to the ConnectCenterNC.com. That's ConnectCenterNC.com. 
If you'd like to reach Dr. David Miller, email theconnectcenter3 at gmail.com. That's theconnectcenter3 at gmail.com. And remember, never lose the connection to your purpose. It's time for the Faith Connection Show with your host, Dr. David Miller, equipping people to connect with their purpose. In the next half hour, you will be inspired with words of encouragement, and you'll be motivated by experts in the respective field who have been where you're trying to go on the Faith Connection Show. But first, here's an inspirational word. This is Bawana Miller Cannon with your word of the day. We've all heard the expressions, when it rains, it pours, and April showers bring May flowers. Each of these expressions are significant because after every storm, the sun will shine brightly, revitalizing everything around us. We've all experienced heartaches and grief, feeling as though we're carrying the weight of the world on our shoulders, not knowing how much more we can bear. Allow me to encourage you today, don't give up. Trees lose their leaves every year, but they stand tall and strong because they know a brand new season is coming. I encourage you to stand strong because God is sending a new season your way. Understand this, if God showed you the obstacles that you would have to overcome in order to walk into your season, you would have quit by now. He's building your faith. Trust him because better days are coming.
Thank you for listening to the Faith Connection Show. And here's Dr. Miller with his special guest. We have on the show with us today several individuals who we're going to have an open discussion about some of the issues we're having with youth and the community and the crime rate in our society. And we want to talk a little bit about that today on the Faith Connection Show. We have back with us on the show today and a part two, so to speak, with Calvin Brock. Calvin was on the show a week ago, and we really talked about a lot of the things that Calvin came through. But what we're going to talk about today is the fact that Calvin is a part of the Charlotte Boxing Academy, and the Charlotte Boxing Academy is a program designed to help kids get off the street and find a positive focus in their lives. So, Calvin, we're glad to have you back on again this week. Thank you very much. Glad to be here. And we also have on the show with us today Pastor Cannon, who is pastor of the Temple of Bethesda in Huntersville, and he's going to bring us a fresh perspective from the idea that the church has to have a little bit more involvement in our youth. And also we have Pastor Melvin Leroy Tate, who is the pastor of Mount Calvary Amy Zion Church in Monroe, North Carolina. Reverend Tate, Reverend Cannon, we're glad to have you on the show. Good to be here. Good to be here. All right, let's begin. Let's talk about, you know, there's over 250,000 youth that were locked up last year for criminal activity. And when you're locking up that many kids across the nation, there's got to be something wrong somewhere. And what we're looking to do today is talk a little bit about how it is that organizations like Calvin belongs to Charlotte Boxing Academy and other organizations who end up catching these kids in the second stage of life. And most of these kids start in the church one way or the other. So what we want to do is we want to talk about how can the church and organizations like this uh, find that seam so they can make these kids' lives a little less vulnerable and more seamless in the sense that we find activities that will walk them into the next phase of life. Pastor Cannon, we're going to start with you. How you feel about the church and the church's activities and how the church could do more to help with this problem. Thank you very much, Dr. Miller. I think that there's, there's a serious problem that we have with the youth as relates to them being involved in church. Uh, I commend what my brother here is doing as it relates to mentoring kids and uh, youth and keeping them in going in a positive direction. But when it comes to the church, I think one of the problems that we have, or one of the questions that we should ask is before we talk about reconnecting the kids, we need to ask the question, why is there such a disconnect in the church? And this is only my thought, my perspective, but I really believe, especially with our young people today, is that our young people have become disenchanted with church. I think that they have had an opportunity to look over in the church and some of the things that they have seen in the church has really kind of turned their attention elsewhere. And I think the church needs to do some homework to, to regain our young people back in the church. Okay, now, what is your perspective on that, Pastor Tate? Well, I'm a boomer, and uh, this generation... There are parents who have not been churched, and now we have the children of parents who've not been churched. So you enter into second-generation unchurched uh, persons in the African-American or the black community. The church has also postured itself to be adversarial when it comes to unchurched people. Mm. It's an us and them, and really we should be more compassionate, more sensitive, 
and realize that sometimes the attitudes that people have toward the church, the church has helped them to uh, advance those attitudes by really living out and becoming self-fulfilling prophecies of being anti-engaging people in community. We're so busy being inside the walls that we're afraid to come outside the wall and confront people where they are. And you have to get into the homes. You have to find out what's going on in the communities. You have to show yourself uh, loving and caring. And also you have to be there where the hurt is. Mm -hmm. Uh, And oftentimes the church is in denial about anything that's not advancing the cause of the kingdom inside the four walls. There were a couple of things that both of you hit on, and I wanted to touch on those just before I go to Calvin. One of those ones is that disconnect. I don't, I mean, where do you think the disconnect is coming from? Do you think they've lost interest in the church, or do you think they feel that the church has no relevancy? I think it's really a twofold thing, and I think that there's been a loss of interest, um, as Dr. Tate has said, because the major gap with the, with the generations that are not church now. And I think that the church needs to go beyond the four walls and do some out ministry, outward ministries, and deal with the seriousness of the problems that we have today as it relates to our young youth. It is staggering to hear the number of youth that are incarcerated. And we look and the church needs to really step forward and do more than what we're doing to change that number. Now, Calvin, you know, the kids that you end up with, do you feel that, because you talked a little bit about this, how your life, when it was in shambles on the show last week, you talked about when you really got to that point where you just didn't know where to go, you knew you needed to go back to the church and find your roots, your spiritual roots. I guess my real question is, these kids that you take in, are these kids dealing with more complex problems? Kids, say, a decade ago we're dealing with? Is that What do you find with the kids that you take in? The kids that we take in at the Charlotte Boston Academy typically are kids that are not performing on grade level in school, uh-huh. uh, have been in some trouble with the law, um, having some trouble with their parents, the parents bringing them as an extra disciplinary outlet to maybe help them be a better child, mm-hmm. listen to their parents. And we come in as a positive role model, working class people, individuals that's pretty much taking on a role as a father figure to these kids by working with them day in and day out and traveling with them and getting them exposed and to you know influence a positive human being principles in their life and change their course to where they will finish high school and go off to college through making it through boxing or the military. It's a good thing we're talking about this because thus far we've been concentrating on building the physical person and the mental person, but not the spiritual person. So, you know, partnership with churches and churches need to get more into like outside the walls. Reverend Tate, what are some of the things that you think churches could do in the communities that would really increase the visibility of the church in the lives of these kids? I think what we could start, an excellent place to start with persons like uh, Brock. He already has the organization. Mm -hmm. He already has an inroad to families and kids with problems, kids who need mentors. And what the church could do, and especially the male population of the church, could sponsor a child or adopt a child 
And the only way you can transform bad behavior is show that you care and be understanding and help people walk through where they're hurting. Kids have many more problems than we have. We didn't have it. When I was a child, I didn't have it. It wasn't an option whether or not I was going to church. I was made to go to church. That's right. That wasn't an option. If you didn't go to church, you couldn't do anything else. But in these days, sometimes children are telling parents what to do mm. and what they're not going to do. To reinforce what's happening, the good role models, I think Brock would, to me, it's an excellent opportunity for us to partner and you don't have to reinvent the wheel. We already have something that's working and churches are going to have to be more vigilant about being helpful rather than hindering and encumbering opportunities for children to have to live a better quality of life. A lot of people are saying, hey, we need more programs, but I don't know if we need more programs as much as we need more cooperation between the programs and the faith-based community that we already have. Like, for instance, I think a great partnership with an existing institution by a church would uh, produce thousands more opportunities for us to reach these kids. Because first of all, take for instance the organization that you with, Kevin. That organization, if you had a some church organizations working with you, because I know you guys have to have funding and all that kind of good stuff to make this work. I think just putting a little mission money into programs like yours without creating a new program would give opportunity for your program to have a great impact. Could you imagine churches partnering with the Charlotte Boston Academy as a program for you that is an entity, a part of their church as a partnership and kids seeing just a few visits from the minister or for some of the people show up at the gym and then having a church crowd show up at their boxing match. Absolutely. You're not going to just win over that kid. You win over the kid, you can win the parent over. Right. So then you're going to have the parent and the kid coming to that church and that's an excellent way to show love and support and grow your own ministry by outreach. You know, that's a great idea because, you know, I think that's important because Kids need to see their church involved in their lives because what they're involved in out here in the, in the streets definitely is far, far from what the church believes in and what the church is trying to do. And not only that, not only that, man, I'm going to tell you one of the hurt, most hurtful things that happen to children is when they train in, that, in our Boston gym and go to the Boston match and look out in the audience and their own parents not there. My goodness. Talk a little bit about that. Dr. Miller, the last couple of years, I had an opportunity to work with one of the local high schools. And one of the most disturbing things that I saw was when kids looked out into the audience at a performance and their parents weren't there. And them come to me and say things like, I I'm glad you're here. And saying to me that I look at you as my dad and I appreciate you for being here. Uh, parents need to understand it is vitally important that we are involved in our young people's lives. Uh, we, if we're too busy to be involved in their lives, then we're just too busy. We need to make sacrifices to be involved in their lives because if not, then they do fall victim to the streets. Reverend Tank, you talked 
a little bit about this one time we, we had you on the show before. You talked about the fact that there is a missing component in the faith-based community now. Would you elaborate just a little bit? Because I think that missing piece is concluding that church and family are synonymous of one another. Uh, you send your children into someone else's care so they can have free time to go to the mall or get the hair done. That's absolutely it's right. It's babysitting. That's absolutely right. It's not really the emphasis on the child. It's the emphasis on them freeing up their time to do what they want to do. Parenting is a 24-7 uh, mission. You can't give your children away to other people. So what I would suggest, and the other thing I'd like to say that churches have a lot of space that they aren't using. That's right. And a program like this in our communities, if we just open the doors and allow the space to be available for persons who care about, as my brother here cares about kids, it would make a difference. Because everybody can't talk to kids. If you don't have a genuine heart for kids, kids can tell it. <laughs> it registers right quick that you're trying to manipulate them for your own self-interest. That's not going to work. It has to be a genuine, from the heart, uh, caring person who is willing to go not just today, but to go all the way and help them to see themselves being the individuals that they can be, the potential within them. We're going to take a quick break here. We'll be right back. Praise listeners. This is Brian Moore, one of your hosts of the Be More Faithful radio show. And I'm Sarah Moore. Please come join us every Sunday on Praise 100.9 at 10 p.m. The Be More Faithful radio show is a half hour of inspiration, information, and entertainment. The Be More Faithful radio show is brought to you by our company, Be More Faithful Marketing. If you want to know more about Be More Faithful Marketing, go to www.bmfradioshow.com. The Be More Faithful radio show's content covers a topic of discussion, the song of inspiration, a sermonette, and our artist showcase, which you can listen to on a podcast on our website on bmfradioshow.com. Praise listeners, put us on your schedule and join us every Sunday night at 10 p.m. for the Be More Faithful radio show. And also, if you're interested in the services of Be More Faithful Marketing, give us a call at 704-497-4678 or email us at info at bmfradioshow.com. The world premiere of the brand new single, I Can Love You Through Anything, by musician, singer, songwriter, and producer, Ken Hardio. Featuring Charlotte, North Carolina's very own musician, singer, songwriter, music educator, and producer, Quentin Bethay. This song has a message of hope and healing for people of all ages across the globe. Get your copy now. Available on iTunes, Spotify, Amazon Music, and Google Play. Thank you for listening to the Faith Connection Show. And here's Dr. Miller with his special guest. You know, and that's the interesting piece is, is that the scripture that we uh, often quote in the churches, when I was in prison, you visited me not. And I think it's the time to get them is before they get there right. and to head them off. But after they get there, I think there should be a ministry within every church that sort of partners with ministries like Calvin is a part of 
and try to find a way to mentor these kids after they get into the system as well as before they get into the system. Because if we don't try to find them in the system, they will forever be lost in the system. Because once they get a record, they then start to spend their time with other people who have records because they're no longer accepted in the crowd that people that don't have records and feel like associating with them is not the right thing to do. Mistakes is so much a part of life and everybody makes mistakes. And we have to sort of teach these young people, and I think that's what you guys are doing, Calvin, teaching them how not to make mistakes. But if they do make them, there's a way out. We try to catch them and lead them into that college avenue or military avenue so that they can come out and be civilized working class individuals. But at the same time, it's important for us to also build the spirit man part of them too and save their souls while we're there. And that partnership has to be made. And I'm glad that we're able to talk about this today because it has given me an added vision to the agenda that I already have to now start partnering with churches somehow. Okay, and I think that's an important part of of every ministry is partnership. Because, you know, if we partnered, the strength that we would have in the communities would be unbelievable. Unbelievable. If we could just partner one with the other, you know, and not worry about who's going to get the credit. I want to take just a half second to mention the fact that what you guys are doing is fantastic for the community, and I think... Pastor Cannon, you all have an outreach, I think in November, right? That is correct. We do have an outreach that is uh, taking place November the 16th from 11 o'clock at the Deer Hill Apartments where we're going and we're reaching, uh, sharing with that community, and uh, we're looking forward to that. Okay, and you know, when we talk again, I hope that you guys will tell me that y'all are partnering with Calvin and y'all oh, have absolutely. some kind of ministry going on in these communities that are bringing some of these kids right off the street. All right, thanks again. Appreciate all three of you being on the show, and we look forward to the part two because we're going to come up with a part two for this because I think there's much more discussion that needs to be done with this. Thank you for having me. Thank you very much. Thank you for listening to the Faith Connection Show with your host, Dr. David Miller, equipping people to connect with their purpose. Here's an inspirational word from Dr. David Miller. Even when you feel like giving up on people, remember, people, even more than things, have to be restored, renewed, revived, and reclaimed, and sometimes redeemed. Never throw anyone away. Everyone has value.
Listening to the Faith Connection Show with Dr. David Miller, making a connection for you and equipping people to connect with their purpose. Don't forget to log on to the ConnectCenterNC.com. That's ConnectCenterNC.com. If you'd like to reach Dr. David Miller, email theconnectcenter3 at gmail.com. That's theconnectcenter3 at gmail.com. And remember, never lose the connection to your purpose.